show 20. Oh, show 20, baby. We're back. I almost forgot we had to start talking there. <laughs> show 20, bro. We made 20 episodes. That's, that's quite good. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Listen, that's pretty good. I didn't think we'd get this far, to be honest. <laughs> and let me tell you, we got a banger for show 20 today. We went big. We got a, one hell of a guest coming on, guys. Try to let them know who it is. We got Kaylin Young coming on the show. KY94. It's going to be really good. Absolute legend. He is a legend, eh? Is it, was this number 94? I think so. <laughs> no, you got me confused now. I don't know. But okay. Oh, no, it was 97. Wow. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like a jackass. Uh, well, it's okay, because for anybody that doesn't know right now, it's, what, 5.30 there? Yeah, yeah. For all you people right now that are wanting to crucify me for getting his career wrong, it's, it's 5.50 a.m. Only be available at a certain time. We said, "Yeah, we got you. We're gonna make it happen." Yeah, Jim Brown was ninety-four. He was ninety-seven. It's early people, so shut up. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying my. Be- I'm trying my best here. <laughs> Give the kid a break. Okay. Give the kid a break. Give the kid a yeah. break. All right. So, Pro Gate Europe winning starts with the Great Gate, as did all the new 2019 national champions to get their new sleeve, including James Palmer. Including me. Congratulations, yeah. Palm. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. It, was, it sucks having not having you there, but uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah, it looked fun. Yeah, once again, like all the Canadian races are, like it's like it was good. It was fun. Everybody has like an easygoing attitude. Yeah, it's good. Super hot though. We can get into that. Yeah, yeah, but those races yeah, are cool. Fun. Like I think the races in Canada we do are really fun because we never get to race in front of a home crowd in Canada. So whenever we get to do, I feel like the people are really excited that we're there. I completely agree. Yeah, we get to what maybe four times out of the year tops. Yeah, and that's kind of like the one big one we have is national championships. Like that's always been one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, also on board for the show, we got Motosheets.com. Uh, for any of you guys that don't remember, it's run by the Webster brothers and their dad, and they do uh, instant race scoring, a host of many other features to make race organization fast and simple. So if you want to check them out or get more information on all their products, go to Motosheets.com, guys. Once again, fucking Palm Dog Spawn Dog. Palm Dog Spawn Dog. Let me hear it. Um, I, I had t- congratulations to Tyler and Cass and their baby girl Claire. So yeah, cute. Yeah, we had a show last week. Couldn't do that. Yes, yeah, so cute. Oh my gosh, yeah. All the pictures, all the BRX community people having babies these days—they're all so cute. Now, everyone's having babies. Yeah, I know. It's like, just baby I, I fever. It was so cool that Joris and Sylvan both on the podium, both had their babies. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's yeah, really so cool. Uh, what a what a special moment to share. Also, so 15-year-old Edward Pohl recently had a BMX accident that le- has left him paralyzed. So to help raise money to support his next journey, there's going to be a parade lap in Zolder at the Worlds on July 21st before racing. Uh, to donate, they can pay on the day at the parade lap or anytime via PayPal. So, um, yeah, let's come together, BMX community. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. Next thing is that. What, Tori? How was Sweden? Sweden. Yeah, we haven't got to talk about this online. How was Sweden? Sweden was really good. Um, it was a quick trip, honestly. So I flew in. I got there Friday, and I left Wednesday. So it was pretty. It was pretty quick. But yeah, I got. Quick yeah, yeah, I got in Friday. Hung out with Kimmy. Um, yeah, I, was with I, was, Kimmy. I was staying with Kimmy Wedden, or as I learned, his last name is Vadine. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be able to say that. Um, but it was cool. Like we just hung out Saturday. We rode the track in Angleholm Saturday, and then we coached the kids' camp Sunday. And then uh, we coached a bigger, like older kids camp kind of Monday, Tuesday. Um, so it was really fun. Like the track was really excited to have me. It was pretty cool. 
Um, the everyone's really nice. The kids are really good. The only thing is, dude, it's windy as hell there all the time. Is it still windy? Dude, I un- remember the World Cup there. Freaking unbelievable! Like it's never not windy there. We co- with the kids on the Monday and Tuesday. We can only do two straights on the track because it was so windy. <laughs> was it head tail or side to side? Um, like a little bit. A little bit of both. Like we could do the first and third straights because they were like tail, a little side, but there's no chance you're doing the second and fourth straight. No chance. That's brutal. I feel like I remember that from the race too, being like it was never like head tail. It was always like sideways, and then luckily that race day we got a little bit of side tail. Yeah, yeah, there's no chance you're doing the other straightaways. But, I mean, besides that, it was really cool. Yeah, it looked like you guys had a great turnaround. I saw the pictures from everybody taking photos with you. Yeah, it was cool. It cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then also we got to go and, like, every night we went out for dinner in Helsingborg, which is, like, the, the city on the coast right there, by, close to Angleholm. Okay. Actually, right by where Kimmy is. Yeah. Um, so we got to go to have dinner there each night. It was pretty fun. And then one night we... At, just like San Diego, they have those scooters everywhere that you just get the app and then you can go up to the scooter and like just rent it by the minute or whatever. So we ripped those yeah. around the coast and it, it's beautiful. Like Sweden's a beautiful place. Yeah, badass. That's cool. I think it would be fun to go more exploring there because yeah, it looks like it is. Yeah. And then um, the last night I took the train to Copenhagen and stayed the night with Klaus uh, and his wife Louise. And it was nice. it was really nice to see them. Yeah, they got a really nice apartment like close to the Copenhagen track. So um, I don't know. I just, it made me think like, how fucking cool is BMX? Seriously, I got friends in Copenhagen, friends in Sweden. Just take the train from Sweden to Denmark, spend the night, fly home. It's like you need really look at it. It's like we live an unbelievable life. I'm so thankful for it. That's incredible. Like They're just going country to country, just hanging out with people for the night. I don't often yeah. have one of those moments where I truly like take it all in and be like, "Wow, this is amazing." But wow, I'm so thankful for this life. Like that's yeah. not not many people can do that. No, seriously, they can't. It's pretty damn cool. I know, I know. So that was pretty yeah. cool. That was pretty cool. Did you uh, Did you get to ride the Copenhagen track at all? No, we didn't get to, which is too bad. I would have really liked to ride Copenhagen. Yeah, okay, because I've said it before, that track is on my list of tracks that needs to come back on the race circuit. Yeah, it is. Do you ride I it before? Got, you I never got to race there. I got to ride there once in my life. And the story as to how I got there was I, I sat in the back of the van with bikes from Sweden to Copenhagen just to get to ride the tracks. I wanted to ride it so bad. But... Yeah, we need to race there. <laughs> yeah, we we really need to race there. We really need to race yeah. there. How was that? How was T Town? It was good. Yeah, T Town was fun. Like I said before, national chance was smooth. Really a lot of fun. Fans were great. Um, just like in Canada, people put on a good event again. Um, I'm surprised how many people were there actually. Like people from out of town as well, because sometimes when we go to the East Coast, um, not a lot of the West Coast people come. That's what kind of sucks about Canada, right? We always get separated by the the big country, so. It seemed like a lot of people made the trip out because they know Worlds are in, uh, what is it, Houston next year. So yeah. a lot of people came out for that and were racing. And Good turnout. Got some autographs, took some pictures, you know. It was great. Good turnout. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought it was a really good turnout, yeah. Even in the amateur classes, like the, uh, they still had, I think, at least semis in a few of the classes. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. So did you have you had a main, right? You didn't have total points? No, we had two racks. We had, uh, I think we had 10 riders, so. A few warm-up laps, basically, and then pop one off in the main, so that was pretty good. Yeah, it was uh, good. Any pick... Double dice it like me, can go eight, but went six. And he so. picked six, just flexing on him. Just flexing. <laughs> just flexing. Oh, that's a big flex. Yeah. I like it. I like it. You know the second straight there, it's pretty big, right? Yeah, yeah. Junior it's... class, like, I swear to God, was like cut in half after first moto. There was some carnage going down. Oh, no. 
I felt so bad. A lot of the guys were just setting it out, but then like the first Moto Junior, I think it was, a forks broke on the jump, and then the guy right behind the guy that forks broke ate shit. Like it got gnar. I remember when we had the had a UCI race there before the Panem Games few years ago. The Junior, yeah. it was just mayhem. People were casing the shit out of stuff. And then the Argentinian guys were there. We we're on top of the hill watching Junior and all of a sudden Freddy Villegas turns to me. He's like, man, these guys got some balls. But <laughs> <laughs> seriously though, oh my god. It's, it's crazy. Like that the track is so simple and small, except the second straight is pretty big, gnarly and tech. It's the only big burly second straight I feel like I've ridden this year, let's and, say. Like, and and it's a four awesome. it's a four jumper too. Yeah. And, like, the landings right now aren't, like, pristine. Brendy got the lips really nice, which is great, so you can still take off perfectly. But the landing was still, like, a little roughed up from the rough winters here. So all those guys that would just barely make the landing weren't able to get a super pump or anything. So, yeah, they were going upstairs. Yeah, they were taking it yeah. upstairs, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things I wrote down here that I thought was super cool is, you know the hotel we stay in, right, across the street? Oh, yeah. It has a little grilling patio back. I think it's so cool when you're, we're talking about, like, just all the people we meet in BMX. Like, we just hang out there after racing, and we do our grilling for dinner. And just chatting up to the parents from, like, different parts of the country. And I think that's so fun. Dude, so it's so fun. It's pretty cool that we can do that. Like, sometimes, yeah, it gets annoying that everybody seems to be around. Like, we don't have our own space. But, like, in that part of, like, yeah, that was really cool. No, it's cool. It's a, it's a big BMX family. Yeah. We're just a traveling circus, bro. <laughs> That's all we really are. We're just a traveling circus going around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, uh, I see the news. People dropped yeah, out. Put that in there. You're the test rider for the Tokyo. I got, I got the email. Enough people listen to the podcast. They all dropped out. They're like, they're gonna let James go. Just pull a Barry like he went to Rio and just roll up and be like, dude, this is crap. <laughs> Not even right. <laughs> just do it once, guys. This is crap. You gotta change it. <laughs> When 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 you headed over to test it? Uh, they said, the email says August, end of August. So it's only like a three day trip as well, three or four day trip. So you literally fly in for three days, ride the track, I guess, and then fly out. So that'll be fun. It, can't, it says on the email, you're like, you can't spit any details about the track though. You got to be no pictures, no nothing. You got to keep it quiet. It's kind of. But dumb. I made sure I could say that I'm going. I asked them first. No insta bangers. No, you can't even post any sneak peeks of the track. Right? Okay, that's that's kind of dumb. Like, we're all going to go there anyway. Everyone's going to ride it anyway. Who gives a shit? I know. What's the difference if we take a picture, like, two months after or then? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's kind of cool. No, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say an awkward time, but it's it will interrupt training a little bit for the, the World Cups in September. But I thought about it, and I was like, well, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I want, to, I want to go and experience it. Yeah, dude, who cares? It's only a few days. It's not going to change anything. Just go ride, come back, who cares? Um, I think that'll be really fun. Yeah, I think you'll be a good person for it, too. Is there anyone else doing it? Yeah, there will. I think there, the original thing said four women, four men. So I don't know who they are. I, I couldn't see them on the email. But there will be more people, so that's cool. Just blind CC'd. It's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> you don't get to know who you're going into the hit with. District 12, James Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's badass. That that's badass. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um... Another thing here, so the next point, here's a little topic I want to discuss. Dana was making this point to me this weekend, and we were talking about how the World Cup tracks, we understand that they can't really, we don't have the budget to do a new World Cup track every race, but it would be really nice for World Champs if, if they at least made the World Champs track new for us, so at least to make the playing field a little more level at the one race. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Like, Zolder's a new track. 
Uh, yeah, no, I hear you. Like the Europeans have such a big advantage; it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? A, can you imagine living in Holland and being on the Dutch team? You got Papendal. Your home tracks all the time. Yeah, you got Papendal. You got Zolder. It's not that far to Paris. It's a joke, really. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go yeah. overseas for everything. It's a huge advantage for the Europeans. It'd be like if we rode Chula Vista, Abbotsford, and then we had another one like in Washington. Washington State or something, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, what an yeah. advantage, not even just from the knowing the tracks, but um, just from a travel standpoint. Yeah. And it's such a bummer. And, like, yes, we, as a candidate, we went over there, we rode the track. We only rode it twice. Unfortunately, we didn't have much time to ride any more times. And, like, every other country has got to ridden it. But it's different if you've ridden it twice versus, okay, you've gone there once a week for the past two months. Like I know. No, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, very, it's really unfair, honestly. Do you think even it would make a difference even if they just switched at least like one or two jumps on the track like you talked about before the race? Yeah, 100%. Make a little bit of a difference, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Um, unfortunately, it's not the world we live in, and our sport isn't a big-budget sport, so we can't do that. But I think for the world, I agree. It should be on a track. It should be on a level playing field every year, wherever it is. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think I hope we can get to that point because I think it's, it's still fun when you turn up to the track and you, no one's ridden the track yet, really. Everybody's like, okay, let's we're here to party. Let's see you can figure out the track and ride it best. I just have a dream, James, that one day we're going to have to roll up the track and actually figure it out in like an hour and a half. <laughs> that is the ultimate dream. For, right some, for some reason, it's a fucking facade nowadays, but it would be, it'd be, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be cool if we had that. <laughs> oh, fucking badass, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be cool. Yeah, imagine that. We all have to roll up and figure it out. Imagine that. Weird. Imagine Weird. that. Imagine that. I hope we don't sound bitter because we're not. It'd just be cool to have that again. We're not bitter, guys. We're not grumpy. It's just it's six a.m. for Tori. <laughs> you know, early for me. <laughs> and that that could be our like designated neek stopper. It's just he hasn't. He couldn't ride the track before. Yeah, he can't figure out that lane eight. No, screw that guy. Oh, I was gonna. <laughs> I had a comment too. I was gonna say when national champs. When I was when I was saying I couldn't pick. I pick pick six. I couldn't pick one. You weren't there for me to ask if I can borrow your lane. Uh, that's the yeah. That's the. The the honorary lane. Yeah, it has a T end behind the lane one, so you have to get back for it before you go in it. Who was in it? Was Gab Gabby in it? No, it was one of the other French guys. Yeah. Gabby was too. Oh, this reminded me of one of my rants too. So there's one last thing before we get into Kaylin. Coach is filming with iPads and not video cameras. What happened to video cameras? When did we make this switch to iPads? Okay, it's only good if you film the guy ten feet in front of you. Otherwise you can't see anything. So people, the coaches always insist on filming with iPads. It's like sick. So I can see myself for two seconds. And then, yeah, you want to pass a magnifying glass so I can see the rest of my lap. And then <laughs> the best part is a lot of riders post them on Instagram. It's like, I can't see the lap, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a little yeah, ant out there. The gate and maybe when they come around the second turn because the coach is standing in between those two spots. Like, does your Insta banger come with a magnifying glass or a microscope so I can see the rest of your lap? Like, use a video camera. Whatever happened to a nice Sony HD video camera? Then <laughs> people don't make, get those anymore. No, we just get iPads. It's a fucking joke. We can't see anything. We're lucky enough to have the coaches to get one, but nobody does that. They just get the oh, iPad from on top of the hill and just get a full lap from there. Oh, yeah, sick. Sick, bro. You can really, really watch yourself with an iPad from the top of the hill. Right on. <laughs> Do you think people are doing that in Latvia? we got Latvia. What is it? Euro Champs coming up. There's going to be yep. a lot of coaches doing that there. There's going to be about 47 coaches at the bottom of the hill with iPads filming. 
coaches, use a video camera. Please use a video camera. You want me to be the defense? I could say, you know, at least in the bottom of the hill, you can quickly go back and watch it. But as soon as you get past the first jump, then yeah, you can't see anything. Yeah, but I'd like to quickly watch a video camera where I can actually see my lap. Yeah, that's true. But you want to see the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> that's where iPad Go comes into play here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else before we get into KY? Um, here, quickly. Give me your uh, women's and men's Eurochamps winner predictions. Just the win- men's and women's winner. All right. Oh. Neek and Laura. I went on a limb. <laughs> You're really gambling on this one. They're really gambling. Um, side side note though, Dutch national champs Tuan and Nick had a really good battle actually, and the oh. French and the French national champs, both of them. Both those races, super good. Yeah, yeah. Who do you got? Yeah, that um, who do I got? Who do I got? You know what? I'm gonna throw a Frenchie in there. I'll go. I'll go George, friend of the show too. Both friends with the, I'll go George, and then women. Uh, I don't know. Probably, maybe Laura. I think I think Tuan's gonna podium. He looked really good at the national champs. He hasn't got a. Really he hasn't had a great year so far, but I feel like he's coming around. Yeah. No. Honestly, yeah. His horse and he was horsing at the uh, Dutch national champs there, so he'll be quick. Yeah. Something as well. Like Sylvan's at the national champs started from behind, so even if he doesn't get a good gate there, I'm sure he'll be able to get on the podium too. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck looks cool. Did we ever mention? Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to delay this. Did we ever mention the double start gate on the Am Hill? The what? On the amateur hill at the track they built for the European, the Latin Latvia for the Euro champs. There's two start gates on the amateur hill built into the hill. Yeah, like one's lower down, one's up above. Oh, I think I think someone told me that. I think it's so for kids can start on the lower one and then work up to the taller one. Yeah, that's what I read. I thought that was baffling. They must have a lot of money if they could fit that in. Yeah, I don't know where they get their money from, but yeah. Stromy did a good job in Latvia to bring that much money to one track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stormy really handled it over there. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry. Let's move on to the next part. All right, let's get into the 97 of Kalen Young. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, KY? How's it going? What's going on, mate? How are you? What are you up to these days? anymore i work a lot yeah what are you doing for work these days so i work in a, i work for the civil company and we do is we um drill underground to replace like big big water mains and stuff like that so a lot of stuff we do underground. okay like in the mines no now i'm back in the city now i worked in the mines for for Four or five years. Now I'm home with the family every night. Ah, cool. Where in Oz do you live? I'm still on the East Coast. You're doing what? Sorry, you cut out for a sec. I'm in on Perth in the West Coast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, yeah. You, you say you don't get out to ride much anymore. Do you get out to ride at all anymore? I mean, I raced in October last year. We had like a state round here. Yeah. I got third. Um, but... Racing, like elite over here, I mean, it's still pretty quick, but I mean, if I don't race, if I don't train full time to race, it's really not that enjoyable for me. Like, it's pretty sketchy, you know, like trying to compete with the dudes and, and 
and not being in front and trying to function in a pack, it's pretty sketchy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know and, you, you know, I work 50 hours a week. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, that's a lot so, of work. That's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not including a Saturday, so, um, you know, working full time and then trying to ride, I mean, it, I mean, ride at that level anyway, it's, it's fucking madness. Do you miss, do you miss <laughs> racing? Nah, man. <laughs> no, racing is stressful. Like, it's, at the peaky end, it is so stressful, and it's not so much about the physical side of things, it's like mentally, like, just mentally preparing for a race. Like, the, you know, the older I got, the less I used to worry about the numbers in the gym, and the more I focused on the mental side of it, because at the, at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, there was no freaks that were moving astronomical numbers in the gym. Oh, you know, um, what's the fella from New Zealand's name? He's an exception. Picard. Um, yeah, that motherfucker's a freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He just, you know what? And I don't think he'd be saying this though, but he just couldn't drive the fucking Ferrari, man. Yep. You know, he was, he was so strong. He just, but mentally he just couldn't get together, you know? Yeah. 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 And I'm, that's a, you know that's part and part of BMX you know like you've got to have the best of both worlds and I and I think Sam Sam was a genius at that you know Sam was physically strong and he he had the mind game of an absolute animal yeah yeah he did he did how do you, you... Know, and I was fortunate enough to remove Sam for the latter part of my career at the World Cups and I you know like I'm sure he drew some stuff from me you know and I I you know and I lent on him for a lot of stuff as well you know. Yeah, how'd you how'd but, you uh, how'd you work on the mental stuff like later in career, like you said? Well, I used to work with Jay Rich. He helped me out a lot. Okay. And then and then I just um I started reading just a lot of literature about the mental side of things, you know, and just realizing how everyone at the pointy end of the scale kind of goes through the same stuff. You know, yeah. they kind of go through the same ups and downs and Jerry always used to tell me it was about living a life in the gray that life you live is in the middle and and the way you lived your life in the middle ultimately told you how high your highs were and how low low how low your lows would be you know yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it I think a lot of the time we're too extreme white and black yeah so and, and it was ultimately how how I live my life in the gray would was going to tell me how good I was going to be or how fucking awful I was going to be on the weekend, you know? Yeah, yeah. Man, you had a you had a good career. You had a really good career. You know what, Jerry? It could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I, I look back on it now and just realize, like, how many weekends I fucking fucked, pissed away because I just wasn't mature enough to, you know, make that next step. Yeah. I mean, we're... Being elite, you know? Like yeah. those weekends, I mean, I doubled in America. I doubled at Roseville. And then, but I didn't sleep Saturday night. Like, I was out all night and then come back to the race on Sunday morning. You know, blue fucking drunk and, <laughs> and, still, <laughs> and still won, you know. There's other weekends where I got absolutely motoed because I showed up and I was, just wasn't in the right frame of mind, you know. Yeah. So looking back, if I had my time over, I would have done things a lot differently, but I don't regret the way I went because I was still able to achieve, you know, ABA title, which was good and went to the Olympics. That wasn't so good, but you no, know, it's pretty good. 
Man, stuff you yeah. achieved though. Like, there's so many riders that don't even come close to achieving that. Well, that just, you got to have that that killer inside you to want to do that. And I had that at the start, you know. And I think I just got a little a little lost when I went to America, you know, like you know, because I came from nothing. My parents were never were never financially rich. You know, I left home young, and then I went and lived with Source. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but I went and lived with Source um, when I was, like, 18. Lived with him for a bit, and then uh, raced the national championships, got second behind Kammer, and I was picked to go to Holland in... What was Holland? 2004? Yeah, Volkensvard, Vulcan, 04, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was picked to go there as an elite, and then I, I, I ran away from Sean's house. Like, I was living with him. And um, I ran away at night time. Like, I packed up my shit and hit the road. And went. And he was living in Sydney, which is on the East Coast. And I left. I ran away. I moved back to Perth. Because, you, know, you know, as a kid, I was 19, 20 years old. I didn't know how to cope with racing BMX and, and all that stuff. And I only had three years off. Like, I moved back to Perth for a normal job, started working, and and then um, and then he hit me up and said, oh, do you want to have a go at this again? And that was in, like, end of 06. I was like, okay. So I flew back to Sean's house and, uh, you know, found my mojo and got second at the Worlds next year in 07. And met DB from Haro. And, um, I mean, towards the end of 07, I got a pretty cruisy gig on Haro. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little about the the World Championships in 07, because that race was Bennett. That's got to be one of the most famous races of all time, and you were on it all day. Yeah, I should have cut the fucker off out of the first turn. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Benny before, probably, you know, like, rest in peace, Benny, but I used to always talk about, you know, that was the one that got away. I just, you know, I just, you know, I grew up idolizing Kilo because Sean and everything we did was geared around beating Kyle because Kyle was the best in the world. Yeah. And then now coming to America and you know, everything, when you come from Australia, coming to America, everything's larger than life. And then to meet, you know, your Kyle Bennett's, your Donnie Robinson's, Christian Bestreens, Mikey Days, Bubba Harris, you know, and they're just regular fucking dudes, you know? Yeah, yeah. All good and guys. Became, you know, good mates of Kyle. And, you know, I remember before that main, I said, good luck, Benny. And you two KY, and then that's how I was left. I just couldn't, I couldn't come across on him because I just knew, like, you know, I know it's a race, but I just, you know, I wanted to try win as fair as possible, and I just couldn't, you know. Yeah, man, that was it was, a, it was a ball tower of a race. It was. Cool. I look at it now on YouTube, and I still get fucking butterflies because I think, you know, I know the end, I know what happens, but it's still pretty fucking exciting. And that race was seriously like a chess match. Like, the way you guys raced it was just back and forth, clean racing, and, like, you guys were both just looking for that, like, that edge just to get around the other one without having to actually take someone out. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, he just had a little bit more suspension on those legs. He was a little bit taller than me in that third straight. I just couldn't manual that last section. That's one of the that's one of the coolest races I've ever seen. And still, if I see the video come up on Facebook or something, I'll watch it every time. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm the same on YouTube too. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Man, that must have been so cool battling KY for the world title. That must have been so exciting. Just one of those races where you're in it probably having a lot of fun and look back after thinking, wow. Well, so, you know, in 07, the NBL had a national there like the year prior. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Just, yeah, so like Bob Wild was there. Donald was there. And I won. Like I was living with Scott Sharples at the time in Northern California. So we drove up. We drove up from NorCal all the way up. We ended up stopping at his friends. One of his mates worked at Chris King Hubs. So we stopped along there along the way and um, ended up meeting the guy. He ended up sending me a set of hubs on the way. You know, and coming from Australia to get Chris King hubs back in the day, I was fucking hell stoked, you know? Yeah. And ended up winning that race. And then that kind of like kick-started the whole campaign in America, you know? I was always curious because I, I I didn't actually know until I guess you just said it now, but that you did take kind of a break, uh, I guess, around when you were 18 and then came back in 06. Was that kind of what started the fire for you for the next couple of years? Because 07 and 08, you were, you were killing it. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be honest with you, man. When I, when, I, when I left Sean's house, I just, I didn't ride a bike. I just got rid of everything. And then he just... There was, a, there was a race, like we had just like a state round, like a national round from where I'm from uh-huh. in like 06. And I raced, you know, I, I, Sean called me up and said, I'm coming over. I said, okay, cool. <clears throat> so I hung out with him for the week. I was fucking overweight. I had a beard and I raced. I got smoked, but there was still a little bit in there, you know, for yeah. someone who hadn't ridden in three years. And he goes, why don't you make, you know, BMX being Olympics, why don't you try and make a run of it, you know? So I was like, oh, I didn't have anything on. I was just bumming around, you know, work dead jobs and, you know. So then that's when it kind of flourished into what it became, you know. When did you head over to the U.S.? I went over in March of 07. And then, when was the Madrid World Cup? It was uh, around then. I was with Luke. Luke was on. We went away, and I won Madrid World Cup with a big old slingshot. Oh, savage. Savage. <laughs> I never remember. He was such a good bloke. What was the guy from Switzerland's name I cut off? He was a mountain biker guy. Rinderneck? Yeah, Rubberneck. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Rubberneck. Yeah. yeah, he was a legend. I cut him off. He didn't have and, a chance. Uh, you know, I crashed the first moto that race, and I thought, fucking hell, man. And then, um, yeah, I managed to win, which was good. That was the only ever World Cup I won. I think I, I podiumed at South Africa like three, four years later. But that was like the only two really World Cups. You know, I'll tell you a story. So I used to ride my bike a lot, and I used to live in source, but, you know, when I went to America... That's when I thought, you know, being a meathead in the gym was the key to winning races, and I had it so fucking wrong because the the older I got, the more I realised that everything I could do training-wise could be geared around the bike. So if I was going to do sprints, instead of just doing them on the road, I could do all my efforts on the DMX track. 
you know? Yeah. And yeah. if I was to do, you know, heavy lifts in the gym or whatever, I could do that on the bike, be it big gear sprints or manipulating the up and down, like, yeah, sprinting uphill or downhill, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, when I, so when I won a title, I won the title on 08, and I didn't win a race for four years, you know? That's because crazy. I just had it completely backwards, you know? I'd stopped training with Source for a while, you know, and I just, you know, my daughter was born, and it just was so chaotic, I didn't know which way was up, you know? Yeah, I mean... eventually... I started working with Jay Rich and then he kind of made sense of it all. And then I think towards the end, even though I wasn't I wasn't winning like I was in 07, 08, I was kind of grasping the concept of how it all goes together. And I actually ended up winning like a national win in Australia in 2012, like the year of the Olympics. But, you know, Connor was there, Sam was there. It was a big race in Australia. <clears throat> and it was the first race I won. And I thought, all right, you know, we actually have a, we're heading in the right direction, you know. And then, what was the race in uh, Norway? Yeah. You know, Norway, I was having fun making, you know, pulling faces on the ramp and all that stuff. And then I made the main, you know, I was whole, you know, going quick on the outside. And a whole shot of that main, you know, blew up on the triple in the first place. But regardless of the result, I knew that what I was doing mentally was working. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then come to the Olympics, like I, um, moment qualifying lap was dog shit. I got 17th or something, but in the first moto, um, fuck, this is sound so bad, but I never remember the Dutch dudes, they all sound the same. <laughs> all do one to one. Oh, Vanderbeesen. Vanderbeesen, he was in my moto. So he whole shotted and I was on the outside. So I would just followed him through. And I thought, what, Tori? I can't remember how the fucking air tasted that day because <laughs> I remember crashing at the Olympics. Like, I remember looking at his back down that second last straight. Going, okay, cool. Second place is cool. Holy fuck. When I bonked, I could, it all happened in slow motion going over the handlebars. And I thought, wow. <laughs> fucking four years of your life over, bro. Uh, you know? Yeah. That's the thing about the Olympics, like, it's an amazing race, but you work so much for one race, and then it can just, like, you can crash, and it can be done like any other race, and you're just like, really? Is that how it's going to end? Yeah, I know, like, I remember watching 2016 and seeing Anthony and Sam, I thought, fuck yeah, these dudes are horsing. And then, that got turned upside down too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so what's the guy of you? You fucking, you, what, you had a heap of concussions, or what? Yeah, yeah, I got a concussion last year, so, um, but I went through all the rehab and stuff, and um, I'm back feeling good and riding and stuff now, so, yeah, but it's been uh, been quite the process, yeah, since last year. Yes, yeah, gnarly, you know, like, over here, we have a sport called AFL. Yep. And, like, if they have concussions, they can, like, you know, like, like they sideline them for weeks on end, as it is. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean... They play football with no pads. But, I mean, when we race BMX, I mean, our, the, the crashes we had, you know, pretty horrific. Awful, yeah. yeah. You know, and you know what I think of? You know a lot of these tracks, soil tack? 
Yep. <clears throat> you know, soil attack doesn't, you don't slide on soil attack. So when you crash on that stuff, it's like you have a lot of blunt force trauma. Like it, it can ruin a lot of organs inside the body because it's not like a traditional BMX track where you you crash and you slide and, you know, you have a bit of give. With these tracks with the, that are, with the bitumen and the soil attack, it's like jumping out of a fucking car at 60 kilometers an hour. It's insane. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you wear very minimal pads. You know, people do wear pads, but I mean, when you crash, it's there's no really easy get off at the pointy end. No, no. Like when you crash, like you, you the pads might help you for some road rash, but it's not going to help from blunt force trauma. Uh, no way. No. Yeah. No. So when? But you know, BMX is a. You know, I don't really follow BMX that much anymore. You know, ever since Sam got hurt, I um, I don't didn't don't really follow BMX. I mean, you know, I, I speak to I speak to Sean quite a bit. He sent me one of his um sprint blocks, and I do a bit of training on that. But as with BMX, like I started watching the World Cups this year on YouTube yeah. on the thing. But I haven't really been following BMX that much. What do you think of them now compared to before? I tell you what, that big boy from fucking Denmark. Oh no, no, from uh, the Netherlands. What's his name? Kimmen. Nick, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, he's laying eight all day. <laughs> Just big, ho- big horse all day. Dude, he's a fucking animal. I mean, tell you, lane eight. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you back your abilities, lane eight's the best lane to be in because you're free. One to seven are trying to take each other's heads off. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Um, it'd be good to see Connor come. Connor was looking good in France. He just bobbled a couple of times in the first jump. He, he he's coming around good. It'd be good to see Anthony come good again. But Sylvian and uh, and Joris, I mean, they always look good. I mean, Joris looked effortless on his bike. He looks really good. Yeah, he's very fluid. Yeah, he's always he's always in there. Yeah. Um, what's the other fellow's name? Is it Kai White? Dude, he's good on the track. Yeah, yeah. You know, I met his dad when they first come to um, They come and stayed um, with Dale, like in 07, 08 in America. And I got to meet their dad and all that stuff. They seem like really cool people. Um, but who else? Oh, my mate Graf, he's always in there. <laughs> Yeah, Graf's been good. He runs a little gear, eh? Little yeah. gear and a skinny tire. I think he runs a regular 44, like 44 with a 1.6 tire, I think. That's madness. You know, if he just, if he put on a big tire in the back, like had a bigger gear on, I reckon he'd he, he, he go close to winning because he rides the tracks really good and his bike is set up so bizarre. It's so like, is it, he's got that long front end. Yeah, his bike's pretty long, I think. I think his yeah. back end's pretty long too. What's that? I think his back end's pretty long too. Yeah. Yeah, but if he, you know, he just looks like he's a bit undergeared around the track. Yeah, you got to spin that thing fast, especially when you're going sixty k. Yeah, yeah. A track like Papua um, is so wide open. Yeah. I don't. Know. <laughs> BMX in Australia, their um talent pool doesn't look as strong as it. It looks. It definitely looks stronger in the past. I feel like that's a, like a lot of countries nowadays. Like I feel like bef- years ago, there seemed to be a lot of people feeding in. Now it seems like it's a lot harder. Yeah, I, I, 
I saw, um, I mean, Corbin, I mean, the USA team's always stacked. I mean, and I don't know, you know, those, I mean, Corbin, he won it. He won at Salt Lake the other week. He doubled at Salt Lake. I mean, Connor's always going quick. But, I mean, Joris, when Joris races in America, he, you know, he also goes quick too. But, yeah, I don't know. That's I don't know how it's going to go this year. I don't even know if Australia's going to qualify three dudes. It's going to be tough, I think. I think because only two countries get it. It's, it's got to be Holland and France. Yeah, you'd think so, because those dudes look pretty solid at the moment. I mean, Sylvian and Joris are flying the flag pretty strong. Yeah. Um, and the Dutch dudes. Is is Bath still the coach of them? No. Uh, Raymond Vanderbeesen is the coach now. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. It's cool if you look around the pits and stuff. It's all old, or it's all, not old riders, but riders that retired the last few years are the coaches now, a lot of time. Yeah, Who's the coach of who's coaching France? Good question. I don't know who the Dash team coaches. Half of them work with the uh, the French guy who works with the mountain bikers as well. Nick, yeah, Nick Nico Arshot, yeah, it's a Sylvan Sylvan trains with. Yeah, but I think they have another coach that does like the team stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So who does Jars train with? Hmm, do you still train with Thomas Allier? Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, he still works with Allier, I think. Yeah, that's a good formula there. They yeah. ride identical too. Thomas was a he was he was a bad motherfucker too. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and I think I mean that coming from the French culture, I think it's just a perfect fit for those two guys. Mm. Yeah, you worked with PH too, didn't you? At some point. What's that? You worked with PH too at some point, right? Yeah, just a little bit. That was just I was just a little bit lost, you know, like I wasn't really working with Source anymore, and and you know, like. Like, I'm 30, how old am I? 34. I'm 34 now, and I'm not the same person. You know, when I raced BMX, I was really selfish, you know. Everything, everything with training-wise, it was like, what can I get out of it, you know? So looking back, you know, like, I didn't want to pay Sean what he was asking, so I thought I'd go somewhere else. And then I went to PH, and I... Gave PH some money, and then I just realised like I didn't really respond to that kind of. Tra- I didn't really understand his philosophy, and you know, that's why I was just like for a couple of years there, I was just treading water. It was just like I couldn't. I was just trying to bite on everything, you know. Yeah. What were you doing at 0708 that seemed to work so well? Uh, with with Sean. That was with Sean those years. Yeah, oh wait, when I won the titles with Sean, yeah. Um, well, I was just doing short sprints, short, short flat pedal sprints. A lot of plyometric stuff in the gym. Um, and then a lot of like, uh, a lot of Olympic lifts. Back then. Uh-huh. Um, that was really about it. A lot of know? fast stuff, huh? I, I remember doing a lot of plyometrics. A lot of plyometrics and um, wasn't really squatting that much. You what? know, maybe if I squat, it was maybe four hundred bit plates, but for, you know, a couple of reps. It was that wasn't predominantly what we're doing. Yeah, all quick explosive shit, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, like for, you know, like what I what I learned though was maximum maximum effort required maximum rest, and I think. That was like the balancing of all of it, you know, like 
trying not to get burnt out and all that stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people overtrain in our sport. Uh, I, looking back, one hundred percent. Yeah, I know I have at you times know. for sure too. Yeah. So, so, um, who was the Canadian coach? I mean, Ken was was Ken was for a little bit, and then he went to New Zealand, or not? Ken was from like two thousand thirteen to twenty sixteen, and now Adam is. Oh, so Ken came back. Yeah, he was New Zealand coach until London, I guess, and then the following year he came to Canada. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when you won the title in 08, it's a pretty quick turnaround because you just came back to the sport in 06. Like, that's a pretty insane turnaround to win the ABA title in 08. Yeah. That must have, yeah, like, it's crazy. But, you know, like, I was a young kid, I didn't think of anything, I was just stoked to be in America. You know, and I was just, so, you know, going into the title that weekend in 08, I was sitting third. There was Danny C, um, Bobby, Barry Nobles. Bobby. Terminator of me. <laughs> so that was the top four. So I won Grands. I had three wins. No, I think I had four wins, three seconds and three thirds. And then I won, and then the ROC, I went out in quarters in the ROC. Jeez. And then I won, I won the Grands, but I had to win and Danny had to get fifth. So in the first main, I think I got, I got fifth in the first main. And then I went 1-1. One, one. And then I think, and then, I mean, it just fell my way. You know, Danny cheesed it and choked and he ended up getting fifth. So I won by a B-stick. Wow, I didn't realize you only. Yeah. I only. I didn't. I thought you had more than four wins going into the grands. No, I had four wins, man. Jeez, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I had four wins, three seconds and three thirds. And then when I got fifth, I was in lane eight in the second main, and Sam was in seven. And I remember telling George, "Sorry, brother, I'm cutting you off." <laughs> <laughs> and I cut him off straight away. Uh, you that's, had, when you could, that's when you could slingshot, man. That was wicked. Yeah, you had a dirty slingshot back then. Yeah, that was, you know, you know who had the best slingshot was Mikey B. Brayband. Oh, that was savage. Dude, he was. That was so filthy. Dude, he 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 would like pull his front tire, not even just back. He'd be like back up and then just throw everything you got. Yeah, yeah, he had a really big slingshot. Yeah, I, I never got to lift those. So what else been happening, man? So. You're obviously a part of two generations of, of kind of BMX. You were like one of the first kind of guys who had to, like you always raced normal BMX and then like your kind of group had to get into Supercross. Was that difficult? Like obviously it just kind of came in before before 08 kind of thing. Yeah, so do you remember that? Were you in China at the test event in 07? No, I was too young. So I was doing all right racing ABA. I'd won a World Cup in Madrid on a on the normal start, and then they went to Random Gate, and it completely fried my brain. Like, I went to China, test event, couldn't get a gate start to save my life, and then come my time trial, that that step up out of the first turn, I landed on the up ramp of the double after the step up. I just completely yard sailed it and <laughs> almost separated my shoulder, punched my lung. 
and you know, we were all staying at the same hotel, so that's when I become good friends with um, Christian Besserin. Yeah. He come and check on me, and um, yeah, it was a yeah. It just that remember I was telling that was when I was in that transition period of like thinking I had to go to the gym more to win races, and I wasn't riding my bike nearly enough. So when I'd go to these World Cups, I'd be so overwhelmed by these courses that it just you know yeah it completely can derail me that's why you know I, I always used to do pretty good at freight juice because that wasn't really that gnarly yeah 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 but the Beijing you know, that, was, that was pretty basic that was a big ramp but the track was I think I made the World Cup main there a couple of times and I call I remember Tom Trotten 10 there once or twice and it wasn't too bad but yeah it was definitely not like it was now you know like i think it's strange because you'd think that the generation now who purely have supercross tracks at their disposable you'd think australia would be a lot better but they just i don't know it just seems like they're missing something that look they're not trans trans making that transition to the upper echelon of the elite ranks you know yeah, and nowadays there's so many supercross around, so many supercross tracks around the world. Everyone can ride them, but you know your generation, you guys could never ride them. You guys only rode them at the World Cups. You'd you'd probably be out yeah. at like Lake Paris or something riding, and then have to go to Copenhagen, for instance. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it was, um, I was fortunate enough to get on Vista a couple of times, but I mean even then, it was very far and few between. It was it was two completely different sports. Yeah, yeah, it still is for sure. Yeah, and you know, like I'm, I'm sure there is. I mean, um, would Kimmon ride a? Would he ride a more traditional BMX track that often, or would everything he does be geared around the big ramp? I would say everything he does would be geared around the big ramp. Yeah, yeah. they'd ride Papanel quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, that'd be their bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, BMX changed. What do you a think? Now. What, what do you think of the change? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, BMX has always been that. It's like that. It's 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 not like it doesn't have the flavor of like skateboarding or snowboarding, you know. So it's always that. It's just that, and it's not road cycling, and it's not velodrome. It's you know, I mean, it's a sport of its own, but you know. A kid can grab a skateboard and go down the skate park and, you know, be a skateboarder. A kid can't grab a BMX bike and drop in on a supercross ramp and be a BMXer. You know, it's two completely different sports. And I just, I don't know how it, I, I don't know how it can be managed better, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a sick sport. I mean, I love it. But it's just... <clears throat> It's, I don't know. It's tough. Supercross is the pinnacle of our sport, but yeah, kids can't do it until they grow up. So it's yeah. Just and what, what's the deal with kids on flats now, man? What'd you say? Why well, kids in flats? Kids in the sport long enough to get to the point where they can actually get to riding the supercross tracks because that is the pinnacle of our sport. That's where they try to get to. But a lot of times nowadays, we don't have kids stick around that long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just these kids are. We're riding clip pedals, and now they've got to go back to flats. And 
you just think being on flat pedals it just causes more injuries than anything, right? Or not? <laughs> I just think, you know, we're in Australia, we have the, like the five meter ramps. Yep. Now, I, I don't know if I was going down a ramp full noise on flat pedals, there's a good chance my feet are going to blow off. Oh, I'd die. Straight up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I don't understand the theory to that madness. That's sketchy as hell. There's no way I'd do even a five meter on flats. I'd blow off my cranks at the bottom <laughs> of the hill. <laughs> no, they're just getting these kids to, you know, jump on down. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Nowadays, like, for instance, when you guys came to America and whatever, you... Like a, making a living in the sport and like being on a factor team was kind of the pinnacle. And nowadays, it seems like a lot of people don't really care and they just want to go to the World Cups and race for the country and stuff, which is fine. But there's just there's kind of been that transition in the sport now. Yeah, because it's two different sports. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, and What's like so, who's the, do you still ride red line or not? No, I'm with S squared. Oh, answer. Oh, yeah. That's a Florida company, right? Yeah, yeah, John Sawyer. John Sawyer, yeah, he was yeah. a good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I rode with them since 2015. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, so what happened to all the factory teams? You t- I don't know. <laughs> so, like, Redline, Redline folded basically. Not folded. I mean, they're still around, but... Um, shit, I guess Sam and Elise rode them through 2016 and then stopped, I think. Um, yeah. they don't have any pros anymore. Like free agent doesn't have any top pros anymore. Um, yeah, well, man. Marist doesn't race anymore. No, no. Um, yeah, so it no. seems like a lot of like the big kind of companies that were around when you were, when you were racing aren't there anymore. And so those are a lot of spots where guys used to be on, you know, what does Nick do now? He's on Harl. Still. So does he still, do they still have a truck or no? Mm. No, they just kind of go around to the races and with who they can yeah bro there's way less trucks there's even like five i remember even like five six years ago um there used to be a lot of factory trucks and a lot of factory rides and now it's not so much yeah right it's kind of sad what about what about khan's what does he do does he well he has the burma academy doesn't he yeah he's got the burma academy yeah yeah so um he uh yeah he takes people he takes in riders who want to come on the burma academy he'll take them around and they can uh, stay with him at the races and kind of go on tour with him so that's actually a pretty cool business he's doing yeah, cool. But yeah, man, like when it comes to factory teams, there's a lot less now. It's kind of sad. Like we've talked about it a lot, but I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah, right. Hey, did you ever talk to George about the day he broke his back? Um, yeah, on his podcast, we talked a bit about his accident and stuff, yeah. You know, I spoke to him like 15 minutes before that, before he went for a ride, eh? Did he ever tell you? No. I'll tell you a story. Strap your fucking boots on. So... <laughs> That day, right? So do you know he had a fucking torn ACL? Yeah, he tore in Argentina, right? Yeah. So, leading up to the Olympics, it was like, okay, manage his knee, right? Yeah. Then, you know, go from there. So the Olympics turns to shit. And I always spoke to Sam as, like, no bullshit. Like, he would come to me and just say, okay... You know, he talked to me, I'll just tell him straight, you know. So after the Olympics is all said and done, he tried to say, oh, look, I'm just going to try to, you know, preserve my my knee, do some hamstring exercises, and then do it over to Rock Hill, 
But that's when the world's at, right? Well, the world... When the world's in Rock Hill? 2017, yeah. Right. So um, he goes, I'm just going to do all this and then um, until then. I'm like, what for? I'm like, the Olympics are over. The whole idea was to do the Olympics and then get fixed and now you want to try prolong it, prolong it till... He's like, yeah, you're right, you know. I'm just like, hey, I'm just telling you how it is, man. You know, like, this year's a write-off, you know? Yeah. And then, fuck, man, an hour later, find out that he's fucking yard sailed at the rhythm section at Chula Vista and broke his fucking neck or back. Shit. And it's like, this guy, man, like, it was God's gift to BMX. And because he was so... You know what Sam's like, man. He's the most competitive person, and he can will his way through anything. You know. Yeah. Being so simple, and fuck, man, broke my heart. Like, it's just like, dude. You know. Yeah, and to- I can totally see Sam. You know, even if he has like a knee injury like that, he's just so 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 determined. You wouldn't tell anybody until afterwards. And he, that's the person he was. He was so competitive and he just knew that whatever whatever challenge he had, I mean, that's why he could fucking stand up at his wedding, you know? Yeah. Because his willpower was just astronomical, you know? Yeah, and he's t- even if he has a knee injury like that, he's he's thinking, I'll do the, all the rehab I can, I can still go out and win, which he was. Yeah. 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 Which is a cooler mindset to have, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, like the, you know, I think he should have really got his knee fixed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But as, you know, as we all know, Sam is an animal and he's going to do what he wants anyway. When did you guys start, when did you guys become friends? Um, well, well, we always, I never really knew Sam so much on the national scene, but just when he was up and coming, you know, he was really good friends. He'd become really good friends with Jared. Yeah. And then just when Sam became on the team and he was going super fast. You know, and, he, and when he first came over to America and he was on Formula and, you know, as another Australian, you kind of, you know, you become mates. But then me and Sam become super tight. You know, we used to room together all the time and, you know, he was like a brother to me, you know? Yeah. Like, and, yeah, he was just someone I drew a lot of inspiration from. My fit. Yeah, he was. But his parents are fucking gold too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're Jessica. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking wicked. And they're wicked, man. They're, he comes from a good family, man. Maddie and that too. Like, <clears throat> there's a reason why he was so good is because of what was happening at home, man. My my favorite Kalen story that Sam told me was in Norway when all you ate on race you almost won the World Cup and all I had on race day was six Red Bulls and eight donuts. Yeah, <laughs> get that sugar into you, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was, you know, when I was telling you, like, when you mentally, I was feeling good, like. I mean, it wasn't the best around the track, but mentally in my head, like I was getting cut off at the start. I thought, you know what, for a caution to the wind, I'm just going to go to the outside and have a bit of fun. <laughs> and then in the quarter, I got out. What oh yeah, I half a chance in the semi, got out. And I thought in the main, I thought, yeah, what do you got to lose, you know? But it just goes to show, like, when you're eating race day, if, you, if you're prepared, if you do all the preparation before... Eating chocolates and all that shit on race day. I mean, it's not as least unless you unless you're eating two, three kilos of ice cream on race day. It's really not going to affect you, you know. Yeah, if you're ready, you're ready. To the wind, you know, like 
you just when you're in a positive state of mind or a good state of mind where, you, where the energy's flowing. I mean, that's that is just it's, it's just as good as any training program that you've done. You know, if you all if you do all boxes and do all that stuff, and, but if you're mentally in the zone, well then, you know, you have the upper hand on everyone. Yeah, if you're if you're ready, you're ready. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I had a question, Kayla. This is kind of going back to the yes. 08 stuff, but just we're talking about kind of World Cup, Olympic stuff. So you won the ABA title in 08, and obviously 07 was super successful as well, but you weren't on the Olympic team in 08. Were you ever trying to be on that team, or what was that all about? Yeah, no, 100%. I was trying to be on that team, but um, my daughter was born on the, on the same weekend as World Championships, which was like the last qualifier to get picked on that team. Okay. And you know me not going. I chose not to go to the worlds to be home for the birth of Riley. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of solidified the team, regardless. Like it was Camo, Luke, and and Gravesy. You know, so that was like kind of like my last chance to make the team. And then me not going because I really didn't have any that good. I mean, I won. I won Madrid, mm-hmm. but that was really the only good result I had in the next. 18 months leading into that Olympic year, you know, you know, the Olympics. So me, the last chance I had was China Worlds, and I didn't go, which kind of sealed the deal on my end. Yeah, okay, I wasn't sure if those other guys even got any other results. That's why I was curious, too. Yeah, no, they didn't, and to be honest, I mean, I think Kama got a result, and Jared... But I think between me and Luke, I think ultimately I would had a better chance than what he would. You know, like if it was a, you know, who are you going to choose? But Luke went to Worlds and Luke's always been, you know, the pretty boy of BMX in Australia. He had the Supercross track in his backyard and they were out of practice on it. But he got smoked as well. Like he had no results leading up to him. I think he did all right in Adelaide. But prior to that... It was, I mean, our results are kind of the same, you know? Yeah. But I think what the deal was me not going to China, and that was it, you know? But I would I would never have gone anywhere, you know? No, I mean, your kid's going to be born. You're not going to miss that for anything. No. 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 Yeah. And I, and I won the title that year anyway, so that was a bonus. Yeah, you must have made good money for the ABA title too, like with, with bonuses and everything. Yeah, I made a little bit of money. I mean, it wasn't wasn't football money. No, of course not. <laughs> but it was enough, and it was enough to buy a house and, you know, be all right. It was more than I had in Australia anyway, you know? Yeah. But you know, I have a little boy now. I have a four-year-old boy now, eh? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that before, yeah. How's he doing? Yeah, he's an animal. He's such a legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. so me and his mum, Michelle, so we we taught him how to ride the bike, uh, it was a couple of months ago now, but he took it to like a duck to water. He just started pedaling. I bought him like a little Sub Rosa 18 inch. Yeah. And we took him for a ride and no training wheels and he just took off. I mean, when I raced that race in October, they had like a mini wheelers race. So I took him along and he loved it. 
So, but yeah, no, he, he, he rode bike like a, he, he picked it up like a champion. So cute. How's that? How's Riley? Yeah, she's good. She's eleven now. Damn, she must be big. Yeah, she is big. Yeah, and Cruz is four. And so like my fiance now, um, Michelle. So we and we at our home now. We have like a massive house. We have or big home. We have Michelle and I. We have Cruz, and then Michelle has three daughters of her own. So we get it. Like I told you in the message, I work long hours because we got family. Yeah, no kidding. Got mouths to feed. <laughs> the best yeah, household. Yeah, but I mean, we have the best family. I mean, we're the it's we're as thick as thieves. It's great. You know. James, got a couple more things before quick shots. Those last two yeah, things. I, Go for let it. Me, let me get into these. Yeah, this is, the fans would love this one, and I do too. Let's take a, a moment to reflect back on the famous Chula incident with Joris. <laughs> Looking back on that now, what are the thoughts? <laughs> so, you, you, this is a deal, right? So, everyone <laughs> thinks that me and him fucking hate each other. Joris is actually a really good friend of mine. Just in that race, like anything, it was in the heat of the battle. Like I was qualified, I was in a chance to make the main, and he came in hot and took me out, and you know, took a bunch of us out, and I was pissed off. Yeah. So, you know, he told me I had to be good on my bike, which I get. I called him a fucking frog. But you know, like after all, after all that said, now we went to the finish line, and like we got each other's face, and you know, big, big Q or Quinton got her on. He got in the middle of us all, and then once, I, once I hung my bike up, I went over to the tent and I grabbed him, and we went for a walk, and I said, "Hey, look," and I apologised to him. I said, "Sorry for fucking going off on you like that," you know. Just and we were cool. Like literally five minutes after that race, we was fucking cool as cucumbers. But it's just, you know. Yeah, it's a World Cup. Main, it's a going into yeah, it's we, World Cup semi. Know, yeah. You know, like we, you know, you know, and better than anybody, Tori. Like we used to travel together. Like we're all, whether we like it or not, we share the same floor, same workspace. You yeah. know, like uh-huh. we all have to kind of get along, find an eat and get the work on. And I never really, I never had a problem with Joris. It just, I was upset that we crashed. And then that was it. And then I went and apologised. I mean, I have I have Joris's jersey hanging up in my in my pool room. The he gave me his world championship jersey. I have that framed in my room. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and I've texted him a couple of times and just said g'day and all that stuff. And he was super cool, you know, because he was meant yeah. to come out to Australia not too long ago, you know. Yeah. But I said, hey, look, come over here. Let me know. We'll catch up. And he didn't. I think he ended up, he didn't have coming out. He was having a baby. Yeah, he had a baby. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's no hard feelings with Joris. He's like, you know, he's yeah. a legend. Just heat of the that's, moment stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all it was. It just, people don't realize they don't see what you know, is, like, the pictures and the funniness. But yeah, they don't you see, like, see that's what guys up. behind it that are like, hey, like, sorry, what's heat of the moment kind of deal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I put my arm around him and said, sorry, brother. Like, yeah. apologize. And he was like, no, cool, okay, well, it's all good. You know, he, he gets it too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to say that we need more flair in the sport like that. That's what we need. Yeah, we don't have any flair. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, our BMX is a bit flat, you know, like, it just, I don't know. I don't know, like, if it's the federations that just train these people just to, I don't know. Maybe we need to race more. I don't know. I don't know. Hang loose a little bit. Yeah, I don't know why it's missing that flavor, oh. but... I remember Roy from um, 
the Netherlands. Vandenberg? Yeah, he was a legend. Like, he was a dude. Like, he used to look forward to racing, like, going to World Cups and seeing him because he was a legend. Like, he, he made it exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, before we... we got a lot of questions from fans for you, but before we get into that, got any world's predictions for this year? Let's hear the famous world predictions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it's PG these days, because, you know... Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'd say top three. I'd be pretty... I'd say... Joris, Sylvian, and Nick, Kimmen. In that order? Yeah, in that order. Yep. Yeah. What about for women? <laughs> Fuck this sounds so bad. I don't even follow. I don't know who's even racing, man. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds so bad, but I don't know. So you think Joris will beat Nick in Belgium? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. He'll rally. He'll get it together. Yeah. Joris has been looking good. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right, James. We're getting the quick shots. Yeah, let's move on over to the quick shot question segment. Uh, Kale, are you familiar? Just like a quick quick question, quick answer? Yeah, just basically short uh, answer questions. Go ahead, James. Cool. The first one's from at MTB. Which rider did you enjoy putting over the turn the most? <laughs> Jeffrey Upshaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, dude, I just threw him at the NBL Classic one year. Did you? Oh, dude, I fucking wrecked him so bad. <laughs> and like, we, we become good mates too, but dude, I just turned him inside out. It was wicked. <laughs> At Yes Rider 1, when are you going to light up the Masters class? I'm racing the state titles in October you know, in Perth here. I'll race Masters. I'll race the state titles here. But I'll, I'll, it would just be Masters in um in Australia. It won't be like Masters... Dude, those Masters dude that race was it way too fast for me. And Tyler Brown, didn't he win? How many times has he won in a row? Mm, twice so far. Twice, yeah. He's only racing oh, twice. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that, he's like a full-time athlete. I can't do it. I drink too many beers for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one from at Justin McClintock. How sick was the Halloween party at the Barrel Lines house? <laughs> Yeah, dude, it was not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Stuart G. Keenan, favorite, what does it say, James? CHL. Favorite sure. CHL story? Oh, dude, we went to, um, what is well, CHL, I'll give you, the What's... CHL was a crew I grew up riding with. Okay, okay. So back at home, so um, we all went to... The Sydney X game, like it was called the Planet X X Games or Planet X Games back in 2001 in Sydney. And I was like, I, I was competing in dirt back then. And we all went over as a big trip and we, we all stayed at this hotel. And there's this, you, you know, you're familiar, familiar with the band Metallica? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's this legend named Swanger. So we were all on the beers and all that up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And we just got him to ring up random rooms. And when they pick up, he'd just start singing lyrics from the song called Dyer's Eve from Metallica. <laughs> At 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, drinking beers, and you had to be there. It was hilarious. But that was probably <laughs> my best CHL story. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, next one from Jamata BMX. Thoughts about your experience at the 2012 Olympics? Oh, uh, um... 
I mean, I went there prepared as I could. I was in physically, mentally the best shape I've ever been in. And I mean, and I blew my time trial. I smashed into the start ramp. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Into the gate, and I ended up getting 17th. But I was riding my bike good. I felt good. I felt confident. Um, and that one crash just completely ruined it for me. I went from I went from competing to surviving, you know, and I, like, I hurt my back so bad. And I purely was just trying to survive. I mean, I was lucky enough to make it out of the quarters. But, yeah, it broke my heart. Like, I was... I went to that race thinking it's Olympics and anything could happen. And, yeah, it just didn't go my way, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I was, it took me a long time to get over it. You know, my dad was there and, I mean, he didn't even say, you know, like I remember going up and sitting him in the stands and he didn't even say anything. It broke my heart. You know, and then, you know, three, four months later, I'd get drunk and I'd ring up dad on the phone abusing him. And he goes, I just didn't know what to say. You know, broke my heart. So we could have fucking said anything. <laughs> Not saying anything at all would make it even worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, it was good to be a part of it. It was definitely a good experience, but, I mean, the results were shit, but, you know. Yeah. It, was, it is what it is. It's at Danny Booby. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this? What? He's a good dude. Is he Australian? Do you know who he is? No. I'm pretty sure he fucking won the biggest loser in Australia. He's a BMX dude. No way. Yeah, man. Look him up. Holy shit. Yeah, look him up after this. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the Australian team coaching and the way the team is going today? Shit. It's been shit for a long time. Boots, you know, Boots would be a great manager, but... That's about it. I mean, he just, they need to get rid of him. Did you ever you work know, like, Did you ever work with him? Boots, yeah. I mean, I work with him a lot. And it's just, I don't know, he's put, he's, you know, we used to have this other co- coach named Scott Chapels. He was a great manager. Wasn't so cluey on the strength and conditioning side like Sean was, but... Sean didn't have the people skills of what Scott did, you know? And I think you need that balance, but Boots is a Barney, man. Like, they just need to, I think they need to gut the whole program and start again, but he's just, he's, a, he's Boots is a good manager, but just for a coach, and if you were to go up to, if you wanted to speak to somebody before the main event, he would not be the bloke to speak to, <laughs> you know? You know, there's people that can, you know, can inspire you to do good, and Boots ain't one of them. Fair enough, yeah. All right, next one from at Maximal Advantage. Some say the 2007 World's Main was a chess match. Do you see it that way? Yeah, well, I was just, it was a really respectful race. Like, Kyle could have put me over the turn in the second turn, and I could have cut him off out of the first turn, and it was just... You know, we were great mates uh, and I had much respect for him. And, you know, if I think if I had my time over, I'd probably race the same, race exactly the same. I don't think I'd cut him off. Yeah. It was yeah. it was just one of those races. It was fucking legendary, you know, and I was lucky to be a part of it. At John Sawyer, how many full shaken up beer cans did you throw into the crowd at the last Nora Cup? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't fucking remember. <laughs> How was the Nora Cup? 
I've never been. It was good. Yeah, Vegas is always good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one. This one's kind of been answered, but uh, at Blake Matthew, uh, he says, you were making a comeback at some of the local meets last year, race one event, and says, haven't been seen again. Why? Oh, like I said, it's just the competitiveness in me. Like, I can't do it 100%. I don't have a desire to do it because it's just, it's it's stressful. You know, like being in traffic and you now working a full-time job and I just, I don't enjoy BMX just cruising around in thirds and fourths. That doesn't with me. I enjoy winning. And if I'm not training to win, I don't enjoy doing it. That's the reality. Yep. At Matthew Burns 800, favorite world champs. I guess he's probably saying, like, what was your favorite world championships that you were, you went to? Um, uh, you know, I enjoyed Copenhagen in 2011. Oh, that was a cool one. Yeah, that was a cool one. Yeah, I was going really good there. I blew the semi. I got stuck in between Joris and Connor. But, um, man, that was a good track. You were going good, good there. Yeah, I was going really quick then. Yeah, you are going good. Oh, no, 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, I was going good. I had one seven seven cranks on a forty five sixteen. Big tire. That was going good. Big tire. No, no, no. It was, it was still a normal tire. Never oh. one sixty, but I had a big gear on. Big horse. Yeah. Big horse. That was yeah. That was that was uh, good worlds. I mean, remember when I got bit by a spider? Do you remember when my eye blew up in fucking South Africa? Yeah, in twenty ten. Yeah, you got bit by a spider. Could you not see out of the one eye? Yeah, that was fucking. Yeah, that was fucking no. That was in Peter Meritzburg. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, know I went and knocked on Boots' room at like two thirty in the morning, and he thought I'd been in a fight. Jeez. I'm like, that's wild. No, I'm not in a fight, man. It's a fucking spider. Did you get on antibiotics? Nah, I don't need that shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. All right, next one uh, at Bodie Turner seven four seven. He says, whiskey or the old domestic violence in a can by the name EMU Export? <laughs> EMU Export all day. <laughs> uh, Misha, our friend Misha Partridge wants to know the best Jamie Gray story you got. <laughs> Fuck, and who are these people asking this question? asking about coming to his wedding did he text me yeah he said he texted you about coming to his wedding but he I guess he wasn't sure if it was your number or not oh, no, I didn't get no text from Nick I would have gone for sure alright I'll send it I'll send your number along to him yeah cool yeah it's it's uh, it's, it's in November This it's this November yeah yeah no, no no one's got only Jake has this number so you've got it now alright yeah I'll send it to Nick Oh, cool. Um, at Max Genic. Was someone re- was someone re- was someone replying? What? Was someone replying to him? No, I guess. Oh, I don't know. That'd be fucking awesome if someone was replying to him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking classic. <laughs> uh, at Max Ganikovsky, what was going through your head in the 2007 World Championship final? Fuck a whole heap of jacks, three day. <laughs> <laughs> Before it was banned. 
Does that does this stuff work? Oh, bro, it doesn't work. Fucking over works. It's like giving the strength of ten men. Have three scoops of that, and you know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know some vet guys used to tell me like they used to take it. Um, they told me like you could just focus like crazy too. Yeah, it's gnarly. It's like fucking taking three Adderall. Fuck. No wonder it's banned now. Seriously. I know. Yeah. All right, from uh, yeah. BMX. Do you think today's bike technology would have made a difference during your time? Bike technology. Uh, um, I don't. I don't think it would. I, I mean, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, at the time, the technology was pretty good. I mean, the carbon fiber frames and all that stuff they got now is ceramic. It was all really good. But I mean, does it really make that much of a difference at the pointy end? Like, I mean. The geometry really hasn't changed that much. I don't think the bike. I, mean, I don't think the bikes have really changed much at all. No, I don't, I don't think it'd make that much of a difference. I no, mean, I don't think so I, either. I, all, all that mattered was just being in really good shape and being mentally <clears> in a good frame of mind. And I think you could fucking win on a, a halfie from fucking Kmart, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the bikes have changed much over the years. No. I mean, from the eighties, yeah, definitely, but not like not much from like the mid two thousands to now. I mean, the aluminium bikes and the carbon. I mean, they probably have the same geometry. I mean, stuff's a bit lighter, stiffer. But I mean, how much of that really plays into a factor mentally? You know, like if you think, oh, well, a carbon frame is going to be stiff, I'm going to get out of the bait. Yeah, that might be true, but is it true though? Like, yeah, yeah. I have a you belief know, that back then you guys just had to be better bike riders to get around the tracks that you did. Yeah, no, and I think that's all. That's one hundred percent agree. Hard, so I think if if, if anything, helping. Yeah. 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 I think you can have any bike, but if you were like solid on your bike. You know, like your Connor Fields and stuff. Like Connor, you know, he's fucking he, he's butt on a bike. So it's Kyle, you know. At Joffrey Wouters, what about the that gate headshot in Randenburg, twenty twelve? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like just having fun. Like that was our, that was me just you know letting go, just thinking you know what, like just have some fun and pull a rude head and <laughs> see how you go. <laughs> Jack the crank and just have a crack. <laughs> yeah, fucking I just have a crack. Uh, from at Hugo Oliveira fifty one, what track would you say was the best racetrack and why? South Park. Oh, just because South Park, you could just go fifth gear all the way around. It was the best. Nowadays, it's tiny. Yeah, I saw the video on Connor's um, YouTube channel. Look. Weak sauce. It's kind of sketchy. Even the second straight's kind of sketchy now. It's downhill and tiny. Yeah, right. back in the day, it was fucking killer. That's what everyone says. That's what everyone says. But yeah. I wrote, I wrote it one year, and I was pretty disappointed to be honest, just because it's. I had heard so much hype, and then it was like kind of small. Yeah, and I was good back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. James. Well, what are you doing with yourself these days? Uh, back riding and stuff. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I went through all my rehab and stuff. I saw a concussion specialist and um, I'm good now. I just need to kind of um, get used to doing longer efforts and stuff again and kind of work up like that. But um, yeah, good, man. 
you gonna try to have a crack for next year or not? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. Yeah, I uh, got an American yeah. girlfriend too now in San Diego, so I'm here right now. I'm here quite a bit. Oh, nice. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents are doing well. They're retired. Yeah, good on you. That's wicked. Yeah, yeah. James, last question. Yeah, we have one more from uh, Colin Styles. He says, "Do you regret anything in your BMX career?" Yeah, regret not taking it more seriously. You know, yeah. like instead of you know, going good on a Saturday and staying up all night and doing shit I shouldn't have been doing and kind of coming back on Sunday and not racing. You know how many times it took me deep and Haro like, chewed my fucking ass out for not racing on a Sunday because I'd go party on a Saturday? Dude, I got heaps of fucking warnings from him saying, you know what, you, know, you need to pull your head in. And So I wish I took it a little bit more seriously, but I mean... I have to embrace my past to to really enjoy who I am now. You know, I wouldn't be who I am now if it wasn't for the fuck ups I made when I was younger. True. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, I mean, look at the experiences you had. You had, you had a great star. He should bring back the fucking transit videos. That was sick. I know. I tell him that all the time. Yeah, that was sick. I tell him that all the time. Well, that's all we got yeah. for you today, KY. Thanks so much for coming on, hey, man. man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you calling me, man. Yeah, man. It was really good to talk to you. I'm sure a lot of people will be excited to hear from you. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear you're doing well, man. I appreciate it, Tori. Thanks, man. Thanks, James, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, take thanks care. Thanks for coming on. One of the legends, KY. I appreciate it. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. See you, bro. Bye, brother. Cool. That was cool. Dude, one of the legends, man. I, I didn't talk very much in that one. I was just sitting back enjoying because, uh, like, I'm at that age, I think, where I knew who KY was, but I didn't know anything about him at all. Yeah. So just kind of hearing all those background stories, like, man, he's awesome. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah. I raced him, I guess, when I first I came into Elite in 2011, so I raced him in 11, 12, kind of at the end of his career. Um, and that was kind of cool because when I was younger, like, 2000, I don't know, 2008, 9, whatever, 07, 2010, I, I looked up to Kalen and... He was one of my favorite pros, and then to kind of race him was really cool. And I think one of the coolest things about Kalen, like, well, I remember one year in Salt Lake in 2008. I was at Redline, and I was there with my dad for a national that weekend. I was, like, 16. And then Kalen and a bunch of the pros were always hanging out in the Redline pit with Jason, like everyone like everyone does. And he was always super cool. Like, he was super cool to me and my dad and stuff. And I don't know. He's, he's a good guy. He's really friendly. And I didn't know that even, like, that background story about uh, the George thing at Chula that he went up to him and, like, apologized. Like, he, he is a really nice guy. He just, you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I had heard that story before from someone. So, um, yeah, it just goes to show what kind of person he is because he's the type of person, like, he's super into racing and competitive, but then after, he's a good guy. Like, he, he'll go and apologize to Joris and stuff. And, I mean, that clip gets played over and over, but people don't actually see that, yeah, he went over and, <laughs> and talked to Joris after, which is pretty cool. Yeah, straight up. Because I remember seeing – go ahead. No, go on, go on. I just I was gonna say I remember seeing him the next year at Chula, um, at the World Cup. So we raced in 2011 in the fall, yeah. the World Cup, and then we raced the first World Cup of 2012 was in like March at Chula. I remember him saying he or asking Joris to trade jerseys, and I thought that was pretty cool because I didn't. But at that point, I hadn't heard any background info on that incident. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He wants Joris's jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That'll be a memorable one to like just change. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I was gonna say though. Um, for how good he was in 2007, 2008, I think it's a bummer he didn't get to go to the O show because by the sounds of it and just like my personal opinion, I think he would have been able to do really well. I mean, he's so competitive. Yeah. 
And he's such a talented guy. Yeah, it seemed like those years he was on it, and that's a bummer, I think, yeah. Yeah, but back really back then, Australia, I mean, they still are strong in BMX, of course, but back then they had, they had like you said, the, the three guys in the team and him, they were all doing pretty well. They were all top guys, so it would have been tough to pick three out of those guys. Seriously, yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah. Oh. That's cool that he stuck around, like, a little bit, you know. Has an idea who's still doing well in the sport and stuff and watches the World Cups these days. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, it's I like it. Listen, you could I could just listen to KY all day. Dude, he's got the best stories. I know, I know. Yeah. Literally, yeah, he, like that. Sam's told me that story a few times in Norway, and I laugh every time. He had like six donuts and eight Red Bulls. <laughs> that's so funny. I can't uh, even imagine doing that in one full day, just not even trying to race. Like, not even trying to race, just trying to stomach it. Yeah, seriously. Eight Red Bulls? I'd have to go to the fucking emergency room. <laughs> How much caffeine is that? Just Red Bulls? I think there's like 80 milligrams in a can or something. Oh, uh, okay. So, I mean, not that much. I mean, 600 something, but that's quite a bit. And when you compare <laughs> like all the sugar and like the other shit it has in it. That's absolutely epic. Oh, man. Yeah. There's not many people like him in our sport anymore that are just like carefree, like attitude, but still race like their heart out. Like, I feel like everybody is, yeah, we're very much like... My, myself included, I have to do things right to be able to feel right. Yeah, and I think a lot of time we obsess over how we feel instead of just going out and doing it. And that's the thing like yeah. PH and like my sports side and stuff would always tell me. It's like, when you're ready, you're ready. Who cares? Just take your time to figure it out and it doesn't matter what you eat or who cares. Like when you're ready, you're ready. Just go do it. Uh-huh. You don't need to feel worse. You don't need to feel just perfect all the time. If you've done the work and you're ready and you're in a good mindset, just I can get out there and have have a crack. Yeah, seriously though. Maybe that's the problem, Terry. Maybe I need to start going out on Friday nights in between the race days, you know, before I race Saturday. I need to go out, loosen up a little bit for day two. <laughs> just just loosen the strings a little. I like go, go like, I don't know. Maybe don't fucking party the night before, but I don't know. Go, go, do, go do something. <laughs> don't sit in the hotel room and foam roll and stretch through the whole night. It's just, uh, yeah, exactly. Because a lot of time, like when you try and do everything perfect, at times I think it's made me like, more anxious i completely agree yeah instead of just fucking relaxing like for instance in what in chula in 2013 i went out a couple the couple weekends before the world cup and like drank with my friends and just like had so much fun and then i went and killed it at the race like you're ready you're ready doesn't matter true enjoy your life i just side note i just saw my instagram fucking graph posted a latte art photo and tagged me again Oh, classic. Fuck you, Terry. <laughs> um, like anything else before we wrap this before we wrap this show up? Um, I don't think so. What we got coming up next? We got um, uh, Euro Champs this weekend here. That'll be exciting. It'll be good. I'm doing a. I'm going to Zolder. I'm doing the uh, commentary at the Worlds, the live broadcast yeah. commentary. So that's kind of cool. That's official now. Yeah, it's official. I'm doing it with Rich. Um, so I'll be the I'll be the color commentary guy. So that'll be it'll be dope. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. probably not going to be racing, but it's once again, it's cool to have you there and it gets you like doing the announcing because you know the riders again. I think you'll be great at it. Yeah, thanks, bro. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. It's 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 quite it's a, a it's going to be quite a bit of work. Like you're in there in the booth for a while, like six yeah. five six hours. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, so yeah, I'll be a little nervous, but it'll be it'll be a really cool experience, I think. Yeah, you did great at the uh, the last one, just doing the interviews. So I'm sure this one will be, you'll be fine. Yeah, uh, thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah. So you're you're racing this weekend in Quebec. Yeah, we got another uh, Canada Cup C1 this weekend, so we're here now. Just get a couple days on the track and uh, have a crack this weekend. You need to soil tack the track apparently. So if it wasn't already fast enough when it was sand, 
it's going to be hella fast now. No kidding. You get you need to get a uh, jersey made now, so you don't have to wear the actual national champ jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I know. Uh, I'm new new to this. If anybody doesn't know, uh, when I went elite, I went five years in a row getting second to Tory. Five years of that. Every year, and then I crashed the next year, and then now I finally won one. <laughs> every year, just comes home, chucks the silver medal off the Portman Bridge. <laughs> I got the first like two. I was like, okay, sweet. Next year, I was like, okay, yeah, this I'm glad. Okay, I got second again. The next couple years, I was like, all right, let's try to beat him this year. Nope. Next year, try to beat him this year. Nope. <laughs> You're on the podium. They go to bring your silver medal. You know what? Fuck it. I got enough these. I don't even want one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it looks the exact same, guys. Come on. Guys, I don't care. One year. One Next. year. One year, um, 2014, we raced in Quebec, and me, you, and Jimmy got on the podium both days. Yeah. The so the, on the race day, they I won, and they accidentally gave me the bronze medal and Jimmy the gold medal because I didn't realize, and I got home, and then because I won the time trial too, my yeah. mom's I show my mom the or I showing my parents the medals and the jersey or whatever. And my mom's yeah. like, <clears throat> why are they different colors? And we looked at them, and for the race, they gave me the actual bronze medal. So my so my collection of them, I have all the I have all of them the same color except the one is the actual bronze medal even though I won. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. That's a keepsake. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, yeah. you know. It's one of those hey, things. Cycling Canada actually made some new medals this year, and they're pretty legit. I think that's cool. Of course, of course they did. Yeah, the year you're not racing, they finally make some new medals. Of course they did. Yeah, yeah. Send me yeah. a picture of it. I want to see it. Yeah, I will. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, bro. Uh, that's about it, though. Get a quick shout out to our sponsor of the show again, uh, motosheets.com. If you guys don't remember, okay, check them out online, motosheets.com. Get all your needs for timing and scoring. And at ProGate Europe, Kalen Young won a World Cup in 07 with a hell of a slingshot in his ProGate Europe. Dude, oh, I forgot to ask him about that. You told me about that. Like, that's true, right? Well, he mentioned it. He mentioned it. He, uh, he did, okay. Yeah, he cut off Rindernecks so bad. <laughs> was that at the ProGate? Was it like a. That wasn't the random start. It was just like the beeps. Yeah, it was like the old NBL cadence, I guess. But dude, he came yeah. up with some heat. Dude, that's badass. <laughs> if nowadays, if we could slingshot nowadays, no, like we'd all have to. Because if you didn't slingshot, you'd have no chance. I, yeah, I agree. You get way more momentum out of the second pedal. You'd have to. Like we'd all have to, because there's no way you'd be able to compete with a regular gate against everyone else yeah. that was slingshotting. Yeah. Yeah. No way. No way. Yeah. Damn. All right. That's good. Well, that's about it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks everybody for listening. All right. Yeah, show twenty. That was a good one. Yeah. You go finish having the rest of your sleep now, Terry. I know, right? No, I'm like two coffees in. I won't be able to sleep now. I'll have a nap this afternoon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later.